This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين We always praise Allah سبحانه وتعالى upon all conditions We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم His household, his companions We ask Allah سبحانه وتعالى to bless them To bless every one of us and to grant us every goodness Amin <coughs> My beloved brothers and sisters, every year Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the gift of Ramadan. If Allah wanted, He could have made all the months of the year exactly the same. He could have kept all time exactly the same in terms of spiritual value or in terms of the merit of the moment. But you and I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose not to do that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instead has chosen to separate the hours and the minutes in such a way that we would need to search for or make an effort to witness some of these most blessed moments and seasons. So one of these moments is the last third of the night every single night. We're taught to make an effort to call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in fact, Allah creates a need within us very often so that we look for ways and times of when to call out to Allah and how to call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he loves it when we call out to him. One of the things that is very different between man and creator, meaning the created and the creator, Obviously, they're very different, but one of the things that is different is that man gets irritated when you repeat something, when you want something and you say it again and again, uh, man gets irritated. But with Allah Almighty, it's the opposite. It's not the same. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in fact, loves it when you repeat something in a nagging way, because you're actually acknowledging that Allah is the creator, the nourisher, the provider, the protector, the owner of everything. And so when you repeat it, Allah loves it. So, like I said, different times have different value. Even different places have different value. To be in the masjid is very different from being outside the masjid. To be in the position of sujood, which is the prostration, is very different in value than to be in other positions. So when you want to call out to Allah and when you need something, then you need to make sure that you make maximum use of these times and places. But that doesn't mean that it's only when you're in need that you should become acquainted with Allah. In fact, the Prophet ﷺ tells us, I usually quote this hadith because it's a big reminder for all of us where he says, get acquainted with Allah during your days of ease and Allah will get acquainted with you during your time of difficulty. 
Now, my brothers and sisters, every year Allah allows us or has given us the gift of Ramadan and he allows us to witness it or we have witnessed it. Those who are chosen shall witness the month of Ramadan. And those who are chosen differently shall be taken back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What this means is if you are chosen to die, then you return to Allah and Allah will grant you Jannah if you're a believer and you've tried your best. And if you've been chosen to witness the month of Ramadan, then it's your moment to achieve forgiveness. What am I meant to be achieving from the month of Ramadan? So basically two things. Many times people say, There is only one thing mentioned in the Quran, but there is another thing mentioned in the Hadith of the Prophet which is an extension of what's mentioned in the Quran. So let's look at the verse. Firstly, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ O you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you just like it was prescribed upon those before you in order that you may achieve God consciousness. Taqwa. Taqwa has an encyclopedia full of meaning, subhanallah. But in a nutshell, it's developing the correct relationship with Allah, fulfilling your duties and obligations unto Allah, His instructions in a beautiful way, and staying away from His prohibitions after knowing them and after uh, understanding them, staying away from them for His pleasure and to be protected from His anger and punishment. So that is taqwa. So Allah says, it has been prescribed upon you in order for you to become conscious of Allah. Now, notice when you're fasting, the first thing you become conscious of is your food. You're not supposed to be eating and drinking. That's what the masses. The bulk of us, the first thing when we talk about fasting, the first thing that crosses the mind is, uh-oh, we're going to have to be staying away from food and drink. Alhamdulillah. So, you become conscious of food and drink. Did you know that you could earn the pleasure of Allah through food and drink if you were to eat that which is halal and pure and clean and tayyib, meaning it's been nurtured in the correct way and so on. And you could earn the anger of Allah through your food and drink if it is haram, if it is intoxicant, if it is uh, something that displeases Allah that he has prohibited. So when you become conscious of your food and drink, not only does it help you with your health and so on, uh, but it would actually primarily serve as you becoming more uh, conscious of what goes into your mouth, subhanAllah. Similarly, Allah asks us, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to become conscious of what comes out of our mouths even during the month of Ramadan. So you hear the ahadith where the Prophet ﷺ says that, you know, if you haven't uh, abstained from bad words and foul language, then you wasted your time fasting. That's what he says. Subhanallah, if you're going to lie and bear false witness and use your tongue in a bad way, then why did you bother fasting? Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. But my brothers and sisters, primarily we should be achieving the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An extension of that is, That's a hadith of the Prophet where he spoke about the destruction upon a person 
who witnessed the month of Ramadan and did not achieve forgiveness. So the second thing is to achieve forgiveness. You achieve taqwa and you achieve maghfirah or uh, you achieve God consciousness and you achieve forgiveness. That's what Allah wants from you and I. Subhanallah. So you enter the month of Ramadan. The idea is to become conscious of my duties unto Allah, to become conscious of the prohibitions in a way that I earn the pleasure of Allah and I abstain from uh, earning the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And at the same time, I want to earn the forgiveness of Allah. I want to be forgiven. And that's why there is another hadith, many a hadith. One of them says, Man saama Ramadana imanan wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbihi. And another narration says, Man qama Ramadana imanan wa ihtisaban ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min dhanbihi. Whoever fasts correctly in the month of Ramadan, expecting a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with full conviction, that person will achieve forgiveness uh, for all the previous sins they've committed. And the other narration speaks about standing at night in prayer. Whoever stands at night at prayer with full conviction of earning the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and at the same time uh, with uh, accountability, then they will definitely achieve forgiveness of all their previous sins. Subhanallah. Now, Allah gives us this beautiful month of Ramadan. We're still not in the month of Ramadan. We're speaking a few days before Ramadan, this beautiful conference has occurred a few days prior to Ramadan. So I want to teach you something or remind you of something that will be very beneficial. We are fortunate because in Islam, we are taught that your actions are judged by the underlying intentions. So when you do something, it's all about your intention. If your intention was pure and within what was taught by Allah and his messenger, may peace be upon him, then you are definitely safe and you're doing the right thing. You're earning good rewards. And if your intention was bad and evil and contaminated, then no matter what you've done, mm, you could do better. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Now, if I plan to do something, it's either a good thing or a bad thing. Did you know that the hadith says, when you plan to do a good thing, you get a reward just by the planning, subhanallah. When you intend to do a good deed, you get a reward, okay? When you intend to do the good deed, before you did it or without doing it, you've already got a reward. That's amazing. I'm going to come back to that. When you intended to do something and you did it, your reward is multiplied. When you intended to do a bad thing and you did not do it, you get a reward. And when you intended to do a bad thing and you did it, you get one sin. Subhanallah. Look at Allah's justice. So a reward is just by planning to do good. When you do it, it's multiplied. Notice a sin is never multiplied. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. That's the justice of Allah. He won't, he can reward you more than what you did, but he won't punish you more than what you deserve. Allahu Akbar. The mercy of Allah. The blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, let's start planning a Ramadan from now and let's start doing a few things in order for us to be welcoming this beautiful month when you have a guest you normally welcome the guest and the bigger the guest the greater the welcome usually so my brothers and sisters let's welcome Ramadan by from today let's say this from today let's read a portion of the Quran even if it means half a page or a verse 
And you can do better than that, inshallah. Let's start thinking about how we're going to dress, especially for those who found it difficult uh, to be, you know, on the straight and narrow regarding your dress code. So if you want to make your dress code even more modest, then there's always room for improvement. Start thinking and planning from now. Perhaps start buying things that you would wear in Ramadan. It's a good enough excuse. Someone spoke to me recently and told me, I'm not strong enough to actually put on a scarf on my head, although I believe that it is my duty, but I'm still weak. So I told her, my beloved sister, Ramadan is round the corner. Why don't you wear it in the month of Ramadan, subhanAllah, and at least take it from there. Allah will strengthen you. Keep calling out to Allah for strength. Oh Allah, strengthen me to do the right thing. And oh Allah, weaken me when it comes to the wrong thing. Make me detest that which is wrong, that which is in your displeasure and make me love that which is in your obedience. Allahumma habib ilayna al-Iman was a yinhu fi qulubina. Oh Allah, make beloved to me belief and Iman and beautify it in our hearts. Amazing dua of the Prophet was a yinhu fi qulubina. And make detested to me disbelief and make detested to me sin, corruption, and that which is displeasing to you, sinful, subhanAllah, transgression. So transgression and sin and disbelief make it detested to us. And when it comes to Iman and obedience, make it beautiful for us, easy for us, good dua. So if you start intending from now to actually read the Quran, a small portion, and dressing would improve. Perhaps even the, the males, obviously. Uh, we need to improve in many ways our dress code as well. When we speak about dress code, some people think it's only about the females. But rather, it is also about the males. We need to improve on our dress code, inshallah, in a way that we have covered ourselves with something that is slightly loose. It's not too tight. And the material is not too thin that it's see-through. The same rule applies to the men and the women. Subhanallah. Now, we also need to become conscious of our tongues. Like I said earlier, that needs to start from before Ramadan, from now, start making a plan and say, I'm going to become conscious of my tongue. I'd occupy it with the remembrance of Allah rather than with the remembrance of shaitan. So what is the remembrance of shaitan? When you swear, you deceive, you lie, you're vulgar, you're hurtful, that is the remembrance of shaitan. Because shaitan has actually just taken over. Imagine being abusive with your tongue, no matter who it is. Starting with your wife, your children, your mother, your sisters, your in-laws, whoever they may be. Watch your tongue. There is no need to say a bad word or an evil word. A true believer does not utter dirty words or bad words or hurtful words. Are you really a true believer? You want to welcome Ramadan? Make this promise. Oh Allah, I'm not going to swear. No more swear words, no matter what. Today we have a trend of these Fs and Bs and you know the M word and whatever else it is. It's really terrible. People, young people, say that like salt and pepper as they're talking especially in the first world countries and even elsewhere actually. It's become a trend where people have become so uh, 
you know, forget, not forgetful, but it's just so, subhanAllah, I don't even want to use a disrespectful word, but they've just changed. And to them, it means nothing. Oh, I'm just speaking. Come on. How can you say that? It is terrible. It's written against you. Rather say a good word. What does it cost you to speak upright, to speak beautifully? What does it cost you to abstain from a vulgar word? What does it cost you to express your disagreement in a respectful way? Even the scholars are beginning to be disrespectful when they express their disagreement. And that's how you distinguish between the one who's actually wise and the one who's not. Because the, a wise person doesn't ever do that type of thing. A wise person doesn't stoop so low. But a person who's not wise would actually just come and vent their frustrations and say what they want and think about it later. Subhanallah. Let's not do that. Let's not be people who don't think before we speak and before we do things. Inshallah, we would earn the pleasure of Allah if we thought about what we did. Because once you do it, it's already written for you or against you. If you've hurt someone, you're going to need their forgiveness. That's something very, very disturbing. When you've hurt someone, you need their forgiveness before Allah forgives you. That's something that we are taught by the Prophet ﷺ. Now, with all this planning, mashallah, of welcoming the month of Ramadan, and we've spoken about the Quran, the dress code, we've spoken about the dhikr of Allah and how to abstain from the, 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 the words of shaitan. And we've spoken about how uh, we need to better ourselves and become more conscious of things that go in and out of our mouths. Similarly, start cutting down on your food a little bit. Subhanallah. Think about the poor from now. Start planning. What are you going to do? You know, I was speaking to someone who was telling me, uh, one of the sisters was actually telling me, I haven't yet prepared for Ramadan. And I said, what are you going to prepare? She said, I haven't made a single pie, a single samosa. I haven't made any savories. I, and I'm thinking, oh gosh, subhanallah rabbil alameen. La hawla wa la So I thought, you know what? Oh no, look at this. I'm thinking the Quran perhaps, I'm thinking preparation might be. So each one thinks of different types of preparation. For the month of abstaining from food, our preparation is cooking food, making food, the savouries and so on. By the way, those savouries are not healthy at all, nor are they a part of the sunnah. I'm not saying that they are, they are prohibited, no. They are unhealthy because of the fries and all the... The, the whatever is unhealthy in it, and to break your fast with it is one of the most unhealthiest things. Return to the sunnah. Why don't we make a plan this Ramadan to fulfill a sunnah of opening your fast with dates and water, or one of the two, or both, and perhaps you want to add a bit of yogurt and bread. How's that? Subhanallah rabbil alameen. And how about uh, keeping it healthy this Ramadan? And how about... Um, cutting down on the portions that we have from now so that in Ramadan we don't think that we have to do qada. And I've said this so many times, people when they fast and at the end of the day when they open their fast or some people call it when they break their fast, both are correct actually. When you break your fast is more correct. You break your fast on something that is very unhealthy and after that you eat more than you've ever eaten outside of Ram Ramadan. Subhanallah. That's not fair. That's not a Muslim. Meaning, that's not the way a Muslim should be. We should be conscious of our food from now. Let's cut down a little bit. Let's learn to drink a few 
uh, more glasses of water so that we can get accustomed to it in Ramadan, inshallah, and learn to reach out to others with your tongue, meaning speak good words to others, make them feel reassured, give them hope and encourage, uh, give them hope about uh, forgiveness because this is the month of hope and mercy. It is definitely the month of forgiveness, hope and mercy. And uh, we must ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to free us from hellfire. So my brothers and sisters, these are a few tips of how to enter the month of Ramadan. Similarly, start planning. Where will I make taraweeh? Which masjid will I go to? How will I go to the masjid if I'm going to go? Uh, uh, how much Quran am I going to read? How am I going to improve it? Am I going to, uh, for example, join any lessons? Am I going to listen to beneficial lectures every day? Say, set aside 30 minutes or an hour. Who will I listen to? A lot of the times people have a series during Ramadan. Some of the scholars have a series. Choose two or three scholars if you want, or just one. Uh, anyone who actually perhaps uh, moves you and motivates you to do a lot of good. Uh, and subhanAllah, you can follow a particular series, at least one, and plan it from now by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is my free time. This is what I'm going to do. And then your children, if you have any, or your family members, definitely, if you have them living with you, or those who are living around you, if you don't have family members, how are you going to solve your matters and your problems with those you have issues with? Very interesting. You need to forgive in order to attain forgiveness. And people mix forgiveness at times by thinking that by forgiving, I need to go back to how I was before this person wronged me. And that's not a condition of forgiveness. I forgave them. I don't hold a grudge against them, but I don't want to have much to do with them because I've been bitten quite badly and I haven't forgotten it. So in Islam, we, we're encouraged to forgive. Never does it say forget about it. We can't forget. We're human beings. We've been hurt. The gash is like an open wound that we're going to see for the rest of our lives sometimes. So I may not hold a grudge and I may have forgiven completely, but I don't want to have anything to do with such people. Nothing wrong with that statement. May Allah bless you. And perhaps if you were to see them, Assalamu alaikum wa alaikum assalam is a duty. That's it. More than that is not your duty. If you, if, you're, if you feel safe and secure and you feel like, okay, we want to try and make things work again, uh, you might try, but the hadith says, La min juhrin wahidin marratain. A true believer is never bitten from the same hole twice. Remember that. So if you feel that perhaps things haven't changed, although I've forgiven this person or these people, and I don't hold a grudge against them, but I don't want to mix with them because I don't think anything has changed in reality. You're justified in that type of thinking. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us forgiveness and help us to forgive others. And then when we get to Ramadan, if we're able to execute all that we've planned, Allah will double, triple, quadruple, and up to 700 times, you know, multiply that reward. Subhanallah, and even beyond the charities we're going to give in Ramadan, the other good deeds we're going to do in Ramadan. And guess what? If a lockdown comes uh, or is extended and we're unable to fulfill some of what we had planned to fulfill, you're still going to get a full reward. 
for having gone to the masjid, subhanallah, or having fulfilled it the way you had planned it. Amazing. That's a gift of Allah. So these are beautiful words I thought uh, I would remind myself and yourselves with uh, on this beautiful occasion of the Light Upon Light uh, conference. And inshallah, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the most beneficial Ramadan. I pray that Allah allow us to fulfill our plans and even more in terms of goodness. And the worst thing one could do is to plan evil in the month of Ramadan. My brothers and sisters, if you cannot do a lot of good in Ramadan, at least don't do bad. If you cannot do a lot of ibadah and acts of worship, minimum is don't sin in Ramadan. And it's not like we should be sinning outside Ramadan, but be more conscious of Ramadan. With the gift of that, Allah will protect you from sin even outside Ramadan. So if you are to respect the sanctity of the month of Ramadan, Allah will grant you a different level. So if you've planned to do good, execute it. Don't even plan to commit a sin in Ramadan. Don't. And if for some reason human nature and you have, cancel it. It's not worth it. It's not worth sinning during the month of Ramadan. May Allah protect all of us and strengthen us in the best possible way. Barakallahu feekum. Aqulu qawli hadha. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.